Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing how you can read and better understand the Bible. Tune in daily to start your day right and be encouraged as you walk on the way and enjoy the journey. Now here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. Today we're going to continue what I started some days ago before the special editions of the On the Way podcast. I want to finish up what we started concerning how to read and understand the Bible. Now, up to this point, by way of review, we have looked at the Bible as the Word of God. The Bible is inspired from cover to cover. It is the inerrant Word of God. That means it is without error in any form of reality. The Bible's not a history book, but when it speaks historically, it's accurate. The Bible's not a science book, but when it speaks scientifically, it is accurate. And the Bible is true in every sense of the word. And so it is the final authority to which we appeal. And I make no apologies about that whatsoever. But sometimes it is difficult when you're reading through passages of Scripture to know how to understand and how to approach a particular passage or book sometimes. For instance, the book of Ezekiel is a very difficult book to understand, to outline, to try to get a grasp on the various apocalyptic views of the future and of the days in which Ezekiel were living, the days of exile. All of the books of the Bible are not historical narrative, and so some of them are very difficult to understand. Even many times Hebrew poetry, like the Psalms and the Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, those are very difficult to get a hold of, and so we need to know how to approach the Bible. Well, the first thing we need to remember is the Spirit of God lives within every follower of Jesus. That is a promise from God Himself, and He is our teacher, and He helps us, but He uses other people. Sometimes people say, all I need is the Spirit of God. Well, that's actually not a biblical concept because everybody needs a teacher. Over and over again, you see that not only in precept and in principle, but also in pattern. This is the way that God always does it. Now, you might not like that in the West and in our Western independent way of thinking, but that doesn't matter because the Bible is not concerned with your thoughts. It's concerned with truth. And so we all need a teacher. As a matter of fact, the Ethiopian eunuch voiced what we all would say when Philip asked him in the chariot as he was returning from Jerusalem, going back down into northern Africa. He was reading the prophet Isaiah, what we call Isaiah 53. And Philip asked the man, he said, do you know what you read? Do you understand what you read? And he said, how can I accept some man teach me? Well, the reality is the Spirit of God takes learned men and men who have walked with God much longer than we have to help us to understand what the Bible says. and But the Spirit of God lives within us. He's the same Spirit of God that inspired the Bible writers to write the Scriptures, and so He is the one that will help us to understand it and illuminate our hearts and minds. But once we understand that the Spirit of God lives within us, the second thing I have asked you to do is read a text, any text, and if the plain sense makes sense, let that be the sense, lest it all become nonsense. That is, 
take the Bible as it's written. If it's historical narrative, you and I don't have the authority to change that to allegory or to another element of speech. We have to take it as historical fact, as historical narrative, just like it says. On the other hand, if it is metaphor, it's analogy, or it is allegory, then we take it as that. And I gave you examples in Genesis 1 and John 6. And then the third principle that we need to understand is always interpret the Bible, any text, any passage within context. Always interpret a text within context because it's very important that we understand that no scripture is given in a vacuum. It always is within a context, within a setting culturally, historically, geographically. There is something said before, it's something said afterwards, and it's many times set within a cultural setting, and many times idioms are used. Idioms are those things that speak to one language group or one culture that might not speak to another. When you talk about a calf looking at a new gate as someone being puzzled, I said that one time to a group in Southern California when they were looking perplexed. I said, you're looking at me like a calf looking at a new gate. Well, I had forgotten where I was culturally because most of the people in the audience had never seen a live calf. They had certainly not seen a live calf in a pasture field. They had certainly not seen a calf and a cow looking at where a fence had been mended or a new gate because they'll just stand and stare. And anybody that grew up on the farm knows that. But if you didn't grow up on the farm, then you don't know what you're saying. So I said to them, you're looking at me like a calf looking at a new gate. And when I saw their puzzled look, I said, what I mean is, and I used another idiom that half of them didn't know, you're looking at me like a deer in the headlights. Well, I just temporarily went insane and used a second idiom that no one knew. And so I finally said, you're looking at me perplexed. And they went, oh, oh yeah. An idiom is something, a way of speaking that is peculiar to a particular culture or setting. And so the Bible sometimes uses idioms to speak and uh, to speak to a particular cultural group. So everything has a context. Number four, always interpret an unclear passage of Scripture with a clear one. Now, what is an unclear passage of Scripture? Just by way of review, that is a passage of Scripture that can grammatically, syntactically, from the language standpoint, truly be interpreted more than one way in a valid way that would be acceptable. But it might say two different things or give two different messages. Well, if that's the case, that's an unclear passage. And I used Acts 2.38 as an example of that. And a clear passage of the same question that was asked in Acts 2.37 was asked again in the book of Acts chapter 16 about how to be saved. What must they do to be saved? What must they do. How a clear answer was given in Acts 16 and an unclear passage would be Acts 2.38 where the preposition for could be used in more than one way accurately and with validity. And so finally that brings us to the fifth principle of hermeneutics and understanding the Bible or the fifth guideline to understanding the Bible and that is you always interpret 
your spiritual experiences and your feelings by the Word of God. You never interpret the Word of God by your spiritual experiences and feelings. In other words, there might be someone say, well, I saw a vision and I know God wants me to do this. Well, if it's contrary to the Word of God and the clear teaching of Scripture throughout, then it's not God who told you that or gave you that vision. Often people say, well, God told me this and God told me that. God will never tell you, God will never tell me anything against the and contrary to the clear teaching of the Bible throughout. That's called confluency. God doesn't ever contradict himself in the Bible. There are paradoxes, of course, but there's never antinomy. There's never a contradiction of one truth to another in the Bible. God will never tell you to do anything that is contrary to the written word of God. It is objective truth. It's always that. And so when you go through experiences of life and you feel like you're being led to do something, always put that up against the clear teaching of Scripture. If you're reading a passage of Scripture and you think it is saying this or saying that, but it goes against the clear teaching of the Bible throughout, then your interpretation is wrong. This is why it's so useless and futile to be in a small group or a Sunday school class or wherever you are, and you're saying to somebody, if it's just uh, two of you studying, and you say, well, John, read this passage. Sarah, you read this passage, and tell me what that means to you. Now listen to me, folks. It doesn't matter what it means to Sarah. It doesn't matter what it means to Joe or Carl or whomever. What matters is what it means. Not what it means to you, because what it means to you might be totally contrary to the Scripture. And what you and I believe it says doesn't matter. It's what it says. Every Scripture passage has a primary truth that it is trying to convey. There may be secondary, tertiary applications, but the reality is there is one interpretation. If it's prophecy, there may be a dual prophecy, but there is a primary setting and application to which is is being referred to or prophesied about. So please understand, if you say, I believe God wants me to divorce my wife because I have found another woman, gentlemen, and you say, I, I just I just feel led to divorce my wife. I believe the Spirit of God wants me to do that. Well, that's not the Spirit of God. It's another spirit, but it's not God's spirit. It is the spirit of wickedness and evil and the spirit of the devil because the Lord would never tell you to do that. That is, he would never want you to envy and covet another man's wife. You say, well, how do you know? that because that's what he said in the Ten Commandments in the book of Exodus chapter 20. That's what I'm saying. Now, are there times when there is abuse? Are there times when you need to separate? Are there t- yes, of course there is. And don't try to catch me in that trap and have an aha moment with me. What I'm telling you is I'm trying to help you to understand the Bible. I'm trying to help you to understand the Bible. I'm trying to help you to see that when you are interpreting Scripture, lots of times people will say, well, this is what it means to me. What I'm telling you is that doesn't matter unless it is confluent with the rest of the teaching of the Word of God. And God will never never give you an experience that will lead you to do anything that he strictly forbids in the Bible. And so God will help you with that. And so take these basic, basic principles of discovery. It's called hermeneutics. How to read and understand the Bible. Take those and let God help you to understand the Word of God. Begin to read it from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Read the Psalms. Read some in the Psalms and the Proverbs every day 
and make time to do that. Read some in the Old Testament, the New Testament. But I can assure you, as you begin at Genesis and read through, God will speak to your heart. And just take the Bible as it is, and you will find God on every page. For On the Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in each weekday for more information on how to read the Bible, grow in knowledge, and live in obedience to God. If you have questions, simply write to info at TonyCrisp.org. That's info at TonyCrisp.org. And we will respond as quickly as possible. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day as you walk on the way and enjoy the journey.